From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us this evening. Of course, along with us, our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, with us as well, and a new friend to Lighthouse Live. <clears throat> Joining us this evening, Elaine, and we'll introduce you to him in just a couple of moments. Uh, right now, friends, though, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about another real-life Jesus freak. The year is 1992. The place is a jail in the Philippines. During a prison riot, Jackie Hamill, a young prison evangelist from Australia, is taken hostage by inmates, many of whom are communist guerrillas and murderers. Amazingly, Jackie and her friends continue to witness to their captors and pray for them, even after they are raped repeatedly. One inmate is so moved, he throws down his gun and receives Jesus as his savior. On the third day of the standoff, Jackie is shot in the crossfire. Her last breath is spent singing praises to God. The courage to go, the courage to persevere, the extreme love of a Jesus freak. Get a global perspective from the voice of the martyrs. Go online to persecution.com. You know, some of those real-life stories just bring Scripture to life. I was just thinking of James 1.12, Blessed is the man, or in this case, the woman who perseveres under trial because when he or she has stood the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You know, we just don't know the freedoms that we really have. You know, it, it, well, we can't take those for granted. We can't. You know, so I... many places in the world where... Um, having a show like this would uh, cause persecution exactly, to occur. And, yes. uh, so we're thankful for what we have. Speaking of being thankful for what we have, let's check in with the uh, law landscape with Brad It's Dakers. time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. There's encouraging news for those of us who have been concerned about the potential reinstatement of the so-called Fairness Doctrine, which would be used to silence conservative and Christian talk radio. Now this week, in a case upholding FCC decency rules, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas wrote in a concurring opinion that the Fairness Doctrine is a, quote, deep intrusion into the First Amendment rights of broadcasters. I couldn't agree more. That's why the Pacific Justice Institute will be ready if and when the Fairness Doctrine is reinstated to challenge it in the court all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. 
You know, you, you think about the fact you know, Jesus under trial. No fairness doctrine there was there. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we look, look at the things that we struggle with today, such that uh, they appear so minuscule and yet uh, important that we stay with the stuff. And that's, that's right. what part of tonight is about, is keeping your hand on the plow and mm, staying with the assignments right. God has given you. You better believe it. Well, let's take a look at some of the opportunities to volunteer with the Volunteer Center of the United Way. You know, the American Cancer Society is winding down for this year's Relay for Life, and it kind of culminates in this weekend's 24-hour Relay event, June 6th and 7th in Stockton and Lodi. Uh, Volunteers are needed on the first day of each Relay to register walkers and teams. Uh, kind of to assist with the sales and the setup of that great event that happens at nice nighttime when they put all of the candles in those uh, little luminaries. Yeah, yeah, it's just beautiful. beautiful. If you've never seen it, it, it really is uh, quite amazing. And uh, also to help out with other activities during the evening and, and on Sunday to help out with the cleanup at the conclusion of, of the event at all of the sites. And teams are also invited to sign up and, and gather pledges and to participate to raise uh, money for the fight against cancer. So uh, if you want to get in on this year's Relay for Life, it's happening again in Stockton and Lodi. Uh, this weekend. And if you want more information, we'll give you a a phone number in just a moment to do that. The American Red Cross is having their third annual Heroes Breakfast, Heroes Among Us, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Compassion is what they're calling that. It's going to be held Wednesday, June 3rd, uh, 7.30 a.m. at the Doubletree Hotel in Modesto. The event honors local citizens who have made a difference in our community as they are recognized in 12 categories, uh, including Good Samaritan, Senior, Adult, and Youth, uh, Law Enforcement, Professional Rescue, uh, Medical, Military, Workplace, Education, even Animals. Can you believe that? Yes. Spirit of the Red Cross and Stanislaw Hero of the Year. My uh, goats will never make the nomination. <laughs> you I, I, never know. Just, they just, you, you know, never know. I don't know. Ah, Freddie and Patches are not destined for that I dinner. think Freddie and Patches are pretty great. Yeah, they, they need volunteers ages 16 years and older uh, to help out with the setup, uh, to greet attendees, and to kind of clean up between 6 and 10 a.m. They are celebrating 92 years of service in our community. The American Red Cross providing relief to victims of disaster and they help prevent, prepare for, and respond to emergencies, uh, supporting to military and their families, and just uh, conducting safety and first aid classes for our community, and we love them, the American Red Cross. Now, Habitat for Humanity, Mr. Al's department here, building homes alongside low-income families while they build their dream of home ownership. Volunteers skilled and unskilled, assisting in all areas of house construction and cleanup under trained supervision, while they build homes and hope. Now, Habitat is currently building homes Tuesday through Saturday, right, Mr. Al? Between 9 and 3, and a new subdivision called Hope Village. That's in Modesto. Is that on the west side, right, Mr. Al? Uh, volunteers get our directions we, we hope like so, I would right? know. We hope, right? It <laughs> well, was last our, our, week. <laughs> we hope it's we still hope there. We hope it's still there this week. <laughs> volunteers uh, must be uh, 16 years of age and especially needed during the weekdays. So if you've got some weekday time, uh, they need you. Orientations are held every Thursday 
uh, around noon 30 or the second Saturday uh, of each month at 11 in the morning. The next Saturday orientation is going to be June 13th, this brand new month. Can you believe it's June already? Nope. What is up with that? I'm still back in October. Uh, what year? We won't say. Habitat for <laughs> Humanity addresses the problem of poverty housing by building homes in partnership with families who provide sweat equity. Don't forget your deodorant. Not a good day for that. And they benefit from no interest loans to purchase new homes. And we kind of like that. It's a great, great philosophy there. So if you have any questions uh, on serving uh, with any of these opportunities, uh, we invite you to call Barbara Borba. She loves that. She's reachable at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her at bborba at uwaystand.org. And she'll be happy uh, to talk to you. Back at the AVC Ranch, we have needs and opportunities to connect you to serve those in need. That's kind of why we're here. Uh, summertime brings extreme heat uh, to the Central Valley. Even though we have some cooler days uh, here this week, uh, the heat is going to be on. And our hearts uh, turn to those who have absolutely no relief uh, from the unbearable heat waves that occur here. Now, if you have uh, window units, uh, working ACs, or swamp coolers, and you'd like to donate them, please contact us. Uh, we have a growing list. Many uh, are baking literally in mobile home units uh, and have no means uh, of, of getting cooled off. For some, it's a matter of life and death uh, mm-hmm. in extreme heat. So please uh, take this to heart if you have the means to do so. Um, and other items for donation also are needed at this time. Beds, any size, but particularly twin and full sizes. Uh, also, refrigerators are needed right now. Washers, dryers. Please make sure they work, (laughs) very important, Uh, and give us a call. And you can reach us at 209-544-9571, our number again, 209-544-9571. We have a little uh, public service announcement here for our friends from Turlock Community Fellowship Mm. in Turlock. On Saturday, June 20th, uh, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., a free workshop on job searching skills going to be presented to the general public as a ministry, again, of Turlock Community Fellowship in Turlock. Um, the instructor will be Vicki Lopez, and uh, she's author of a job search manual, which became mandatory training uh, material in the five-county region uh, for work-study students seeking professional careers. And if you would like more information uh, and required pre-registration for this, you can call Debbie at 209 668 8898. Again, Debbie's number is 209-668-8898. You know, and just want to thank Turlock Christian Fellowship. What a neat body of believers down there, uh, shepherded by Dr. Michael Wright. And I just so much appreciate them. I also appreciate the good folks at Sherwood Bible Church who uh, allowed us to to come and visit Sunday. And, uh, you know, the rioting wasn't too bad after the sermon. (laughs) Are you sure? Yeah. We had a great time, and again, uh, another just very, very special nugget uh, there in the city that God has planted in Sherwood Bible. We thank them and, and Pastor Ross Bryles and his group for the ability to share the ABC story this week. You know, sometimes when you meet people for the first time, you kind of experience a little warm, fuzzy glow, and it's a good connection because, you know, God has given you sort of a, a kindred spirit. 
so to speak. And I, I guess that's kind of the way it was back at a, a CMN uh, meeting, a city ministry network meeting recently. And and uh, we want to just welcome uh, from that meeting, a, a meeting that we had with Bishop Henry Anthony. And, uh, of course, we met Louise there, who is his lovely partner. And Louise will be joining us here a little bit later. But um, we just uh, love the fact that we can partnership and network with lovely people as yourself. Welcome, Bishop Henry, uh, to the show here tonight with us. Thank you for joining us. And uh, you're probably going to want to move real close to your microphone there and get a real personal with that here tonight with us. And yes, thank you, Elaine and Pastor Mike. It's a blessing just to be here. And, and as Elaine said, we made a good connection, spiritual connection, and we just feel that the Lord have done something special with this connection and meeting Pastor Mike today. We, we get the same feeling of uh, we are brothers and sisters in the Lord, and I appreciate this invitation to be here. seems like John 17 had something to say about all of that in terms of the unity of the body mm-hmm. working together. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing in it with, with all the wonderful communication technology that we have mm-hmm. in this modern day and age. So many times we're doing ministry in the mm-hmm. city, and, and yet we're not meeting each other we're not uh we're not that, sharing that's that true road. yeah so it's great to have those opportunities yes. to meet new friends like you. amen you know i appreciate uh being introduced to uh the city team ministry um i talked with a person who introduced me to um uh pastor um what's your name um the leader uh, Marvin Jacobo? Jacobo, or? yes. Yes. Uh-huh, sure. yes. yes. And since the first meeting with uh, Marvin, again, it was a kinder spirit, yeah. and we just uh, value that friendship, that relationship, and that relationship have led us to this uh, fellowship here, uh, meeting new friends. And mm-hmm. We just thank the Lord. For, you know, the Lord just works in a mysterious way, uh, I had a desire a long time ago to really get acquainted with the uh, ministry uh, network throughout this region. God sent us to series to develop a ministry there, and it was my desire uh, just to touch bases and fill the heart and spirit of uh, the ministry in this area. And God is making that possible. Mm, mm, we love mm, the name Light in the Night Ministries. Mm, Tell us about the name, Henry. Yes. The Light in the Night Ministry came out of me sharing with my daughter, Precious. And I was Is that saying, her name? Yes, Precious. I, that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was sharing my heart desire to reach people who was way down there needing Jesus Christ, had no hope, no future. And as I talked to her, and she said, Daddy, I think a good name for the ministry would be Light in the Night. And I said, why? She said, because the people uh, that you're reaching, they're lost in the night without any guidance. So if you would bring them to Jesus Christ, Jesus is the light. Mm. And uh, so... He said, you, you find them in the darkness of night, mm. introduce them to Jesus, mm. and then 
you can bring them to the light. So your ministry should be light in the night. And isn't that light so much needed today? Oh, you know, yeah. There's so much, yeah. as you talk to, you know, people who've been on the, on the street, uh, ministering for a long time, and, mm-hmm. and as we network with pastors uh, around the city, many of them feel that there is a, a kind of a spirit of oppression that they yes. have felt within the past, uh, you know, yeah. year or two that is, uh, is really heavy, you know, even more so than in, in years before. And, and so much needed that, that light mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. And, uh, so tell us how, how did you, um, how did you get started with light in the night? Well, what, what was your, uh, your God calling there? My calling were to dismantle, displace homeless people. Mm. We started out in 1991. We got introduced with a shelter over in Livermore, which is by the name Shepherd's Gate. Mm. And we, I visit there just, I seen the building. I went there just to see what it was all about. Talked to the director and found out that they were receiving women that was homeless or coming out of abuse situations. And so my, my, my heart were to help people wherever they were. So I got introduced to that uh, uh, shelter there in Livermore and began to help these women uh, find affordable housing. They mm-hmm. had three weeks stay in the uh, shelter and they needed to have permanent placement. And so the Lord led us to start working with the staff at Shepherd's Gate, working with the women and helping them to find affordable housing in the series and the Turlock area. Mm-hmm. So by that initial uh, effort, the ministry was born out of uh, helping person mm-hmm. to find affordable housing. Then after a while, it became necessary not only to house those people, it became necess- for us, necessary for us to supplement their income. And this is when our food ministry uh, uh, came about. We, we started serving those people uh, once a month, the last five or six days in the month. And we started that in 1991, continuing until uh, uh, 97, took a break, started again in 2003. And this is when uh, God sent Louise from Las Vegas to uh, Ceres. She was coming from one type ministry, she thought, but God had something else in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Enter lovely Louise. Louise, thank you for joining us as well. We know that you're going to want to move close to your mic as also. We know that you've been busy uh, moving and, and such uh, today, and, and thank you for taking time out of your busy day um, to join us, Louise. And um, we were just talking about how beautiful it is that God brings the networking and partnerships together. And it just felt like kindred spirits when we came together at the City Ministry yes, Network meeting. And uh, I'm just so grateful for those um, relationships that have been formed uh, out of that. And appreciate you coming to share about your ministry and what God is doing in your life. Because as you were sharing at the table that morning, you've been able to contact people like CNN and share with the Modesto Bee about what's been going on at the housing and how you minister to homeless women 
women who have been abused. And so share with our audience, because we have a, a global audience listening in with us tonight, um, what God's doing in and through your life, Louise, as your minister with well, uh, first would like to say thank you for having me here, and um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm thanking God for this opportunity and what he has done when he sent me here. Uh, I thought I was coming to begin a ministry like a church or just start. Uh, he just told me he had work for me to do here, mm-hmm. and I lived in Las Vegas uh, for like 15 years, and he said, I want you to go to Turlock and just pack your family and come on. And I said, well, what's a turlock? <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue. I didn't know anything about this area at all. And when I got here, all I did know is that um, our pastor here, Henry Anthony, would be having a, a Bible institute where we could learn <clears throat> excuse me, and grow in our knowledge of the Word of God. Mm. So I did know that only part was the only sure thing mm. about coming I knew I was going to be involved in. Another part I thought would be ministry. Well, once meeting him, actually that was why I came, because the Lord had opened the door through his ministry of Light in the Night for me to begin a feeding ministry and helping with a lot of displaced mental uh people who are uh, challenged with illnesses and disabilities. Uh, That was an area that I had not a clue about. Mm -hmm. Also, um, my desire to help other women is because I was a woman that was out there Mm -hmm. and didn't have the help. Uh, so when his, when uh, Bishop was telling uh, me about all the avenues of uh, the facets of ministry that he's already involved in, uh, it was just easy to begin. And I guess it's easy because what God puts in you, it's there. And you don't know what's there until it begins. And so um, the food ministry opened and the housing ministry opened and it was just opening and happening. And before you knew it, here we are. Let me uh, ask you, with your personal experience, um, you know, God often puts us through stuff so that he can use us to have mm-hmm. some empathy and compassion yes. for those who are going through similar things later on down the road. Tell us a little bit about what happened to you and, and how God ministered to you through that season in your life. Uh, the season of down. <laughs> season of down. <laughs> she seems so up. I know. The season, if, the if, season. if you could see the sister's smile, you can't imagine the sister being it's down. I don't oh, know. my <laughs> gosh. Uh, I had a period in my life where I fell into drugs. Mm. And the drug life led me to where uh, there was no life. And in that, I had the opportunity to meet Jesus. Mm. I was um, not doing good things. (laughs) And I went to a hotel uh, uh, in my traveling, and I met a man, and this man was interested in talking with me. And as I met him, he said uh, he wanted to take me to his room, and I went with him to his room, and in his room was a pastor. Yes, right. How about that? <laughs> and got there and met God, and Jesus. Really? He introduced me to Jesus, and he said, "Sister." The Lord would not have you to continue to walk in this life, Mm. this way. 
this kind of, this is too beneath you. This isn't what God has for you. And I said, God told you to tell me that. <laughs> God said that to you. And I was so excited. I got interested in hearing about God. And, and he told me all that there was and giving my life over to him that night. Mm. And leaving the drugs, the Lord just delivered me instantly mm. from uh, the drugs that I was involved with and the lifestyle that I was living. And with that embracing of love, I was cut mm. from that Amen. lifestyle. Amen. And, you know, I know that it was just the heart that God did that. But that's how he did it for me. Mm. And so when I came here, I met a man whose heart was big. as Christ, you know, amen, if you will. <laughs> well, he told us. I wonder to, who she's talking yes, about. Yes, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. And had me to walk in and, and offer the opportunity to help. Mm. And so that's. That's a little bit. Did that answer you? The Lord really yeah. had a plan and purpose for Gosh. your life, Louise, didn't he? Unknowingly, and yes. It's amazing how God works like that because, you know, 25 years ago, I didn't know what a Modesto was. You know, I grew up in L.A. Yes. I don't yeah. go to farm. What are you talking about? Yes. Uh, agriculture yes. and, you know, what a, what a neat place to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I truly believe, and, and uh, this comes back a little mm-hmm. bit, um, uh, Bishop Henry, to what you were talking about a few minutes ago, when the body begins to work together, yes, uh-huh. Jesus starts touching down in yeah. incredible yeah. ways. And in this, this Modesto area, I mean, we, we've made major mistakes together, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and God has taken us to the woodshed and he's whacked us a couple mm-hmm. of times. And, you know, we, we've learned from mm-hmm. that, you know, but I think there's something special about this particular area. And uh, I think God is doing something very special here. And you look at the relationships that are being built within the body. And there's just no doubt that God's up to something. He's moving the chess pieces around mm-hmm. the board and, and, you know, from Las Vegas, you know, for goodness sakes. And and uh, so uh, in a way, too, it's exciting because what great things are, are ahead of yes. us. You know, Pastor Mike, my journey from Los Angeles, I lived in Los Angeles 15 years. Mm. My journey from Los Angeles took me through San Jose, up through the Bay Area, Haywood, Fremont area, mm. uh, then back out here to Delhi, then up to Stockton, out to Oakdale, and then back here at the series where I started in 1991. Wow. Hmm. 91 I started here, and I came back here in 2003. So God had a plan for me in this area mm-hmm. that even though I, I, I followed the direction of the Lord, but God brought me back here. Mm-hmm. And when I came back here in 2003, and when I met Louise, she came from Las Vegas, and the Lord had given me about two months before that that I should start a Bible Institute. And the Bible Institute, which is going on for what, four years now, it's designed to help young men and women in ministry to get the necessary elementary training mm-hmm. so that they won't make the, a lot of the mistake that <laughs> I made when I was young. So... The Bible Institute was just getting ready to start. Actually, uh, Louise came to the first session. Mm-hmm. And right at that first session, um, I was sitting in the back, sitting behind her. I didn't see her face. But God said to me, that's a special person mm-hmm. wow. that you need to work with. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I remember uh, you speaking, Henry, of a very special peace mm-hmm. that God had given you through 
mm. his Bible study yeah. in the midst of all of the storms yes. that are going on. And, and maybe mm-hmm. we can get into that a little bit, or, you know, about what's going on with the in, in the the light and the night ministries. Yes. But speak a little bit about that peace that he's he's given you. Yes, God gave me a peace that, as scriptures have passed us all understanding. Mm-hmm. I came from uh, Texas. My home roots are in Texas. I came from Texas. I grew up a share crop farm, uh, farm family. As a child, I was an epileptic child from uh, infancy up until about 11 years old. Now, during those years of epilepsy, night after night, I had one prayer, Lord, let me live. Mm. And I can remember, as it were yesterday, 3 o'clock in the morning, 7 years old, God said to me, you will live and be special in my sight, in my hand. Didn't know what, at 7 years old, I didn't know what that meant. But a peace came over my life. Mm. And I kept that promise all through my childhood, teen years, and I came to the Lord at age 21. And when I came to the Lord, gave my heart to him, and he filled me with the Holy Ghost, he said to me, now you can be special. Mm-hmm. And from that time until this day, I'm working on finding out what that special uh, means that God said I would be. Wow. Well, we truly, <laughs> have, Amen. truly have some special guests tonight, and we're going to be back with, with you in, in just a moment. But leaving the subject here just just for a moment. You know how every once in a while, Mike, you get the urge to respond to an emergency. We had a, a police car pull into the <laughs> parking lot, and I... You, I you, you didn't runner, do it. You didn't do it, <laughs> but, you know, you want to respond every once in a while to a fire and a, a rescue situation because you used to do that. You get, you know how that urge, or, or maybe pull someone over because you, you, you saw them doing something stupid in the traffic because you, you used to do that, too. You, you know, you, you do know, stupid things? No, or? because oh, you, oh, you I used see. to pull okay. people over because you, you, you used to be a cop. Well, sometimes <laughs> I like playing a song because I used to do that, too. Well, I think you enjoy this one, too. It's Washed by the Water by the group Need to Breathe, and we'll be back on Lighthouse Live right after.
Need to Breathe, Washed by the Water on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Bishop Henry Anthony and Louise from Light in the Night Ministries. I just like that name. I like to say it. That's Mm -hmm. such a neat name. And Precious came up with that name out of the mouths of babes, don't you think? That's pretty cool. Well, we're so glad that you guys could join us. And, And Louise, you're just full of stories from Las Vegas as you minister to people. And you were saying that they have a lot of mental illness and um, how is it that um, that that works? I mean, these people come to you and you minister to them and you see lives change. Talk about the lives that you've seen change. I know that you and Henry see a bunch of that happen. Amen. Um, have to give all the credit to God mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I had no experience in dealing with mental illnesses or uh any any of the mental area. I didn't have that. But what I did have and what I believe was important is love. Mm. And Christ know that that is in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And when he told me that I would be able to help women, um, all the only requirement I had was that I loved God. Wow. So as he began to send us people, you find out that all you have to do is love them and treat them like a person. You don't, you know, they're schizophrenic or their different disorders or diagnoses are secondary because you just accept them as a person. And when the Lord gave us these homes, he, he gave it to us and he named them restoration of peace. So every time a person would come into the home, they would feel the peace of God. So therefore right off, our job was made easier. I say that because it really, uh, really is. I do know there's a couple of uh, ladies that once they've come there, a lot of them come with a mental torment or um, the trauma of life that has turned their minds to where they are having a difficult time where they have been diagnosed. Um, Once they realize the peace and they know who sent it, and they know who lives and dwells there. They began to uh, settle down and get conformed into uh, beginning to think about the things that they desire in life. You give them that hope that they have lost through their illnesses. So in that, we've seen people come um, even back to a place where they first became ill, because all of them weren't born this way. Uh, life has dealt them hands that have turned their minds to where they were, are, have been, and, and we have seen them being restored. Isn't it amazing what God can do when you're just available? Yeah. I mean, and you're picking one of the toughest ministry areas. I didn't Please. pick it. God picked it. You answered the call. Yeah, absolutely. And and here he just gave you the wisdom. And I love Amen. what you said. You're just yes. loving him. I, he, I told him he tricked me. <laughs> you know, I came from completely different, but I, it's, it's not different only in the aspect that I didn't do the things they did, but I still came from needing help and mm-hmm. no one was there mm-hmm. and I needed what I'm offering here, you know, so only in that same aspect. But so I told God, I said, you tricked me, you know, because <laughs> you have me doing something that I know not of. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was awesome and and it's beautiful to even tell that it all has to do with love you know you're loving people louise and and henry who are 
a lot of people and Christians, sad to say, will uh, be afraid of. Yeah, reject. You know, and, and reject and not reach out to because yeah. I, I think, you know, of, of a lot of times it's a, a fear thing. And I love what Oswald Chambers says. He says, if my heart is right with God, every human being is my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Amen. Wow. Yeah, and see, that's the approach we take. See, because where I came from, I came from a very stable family, church-going family. As a child, I I knew nothing about the other side of life. So I came from a place where I didn't know anything about drugs. The first I've heard about drugs, I was 21 years old when I went to Los Angeles. And so I didn't come from the other side, as I said. But you see, I found in me I had the same needs, same weaknesses that the people that we serve. Mm -hmm. Only difference, I never got into drugs or alcohol, never smoked, never drank. But I was still needy. I was still a wretch undone. Mm -hmm. So when God found me, picked me up, cleaned me up, and he put a love in me for people uh, regardless where they came from. So it was a new experience for me back in 91, started dealing with, uh, uh, at that time, basically women with children that came from drugs, alcohol, family violence. So that was all new to me. So God trained me, taught me how to uh, talk to people. And that's the key that we found, we found in our ministry, mm-hmm. how you talk to people and how you make them feel. See, God has given us a love and a peace, and uh, we transmit that to these people that we work with. And they, they, they find strength and courage and peace. And every home that we have opened, the first thing we do when we walk in there is we go through that house and anoint it and ask God yes. peace to yes. abide there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, you can walk into any one of our house, you're going to feel a special peace that Amen. Jesus brought there. Amen. Amen. I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, for you as, as you were answering God's call and you begin to build those relationships that uh, it's very humbling in that process to think, wow, you know, I mean, without Jesus, no healing's going to come. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think you both have experienced yes. that dealing with people. And it's one of the faults of a lot of the programs that we have as a society is you mm-hmm. take Christ out of it and not a lot, not a lot happens, mm-hmm. at least that's, that's sustainable. Talk a little bit, uh, Henry, about what, how you've seen Jesus just touch down in some of these people's lives and, and get a get a whole new perspective on on light versus living in the darkness. Yes, we've had a number of men and women that we can mention that came with a real spirit of turmoil. I can remember one man in particular. He came in and he was very uh, agitated with life. Had no peace couldn't sleep at night and uh, had little appetite. But just by being in the house, see, we, we, we don't really do a lot of that Bible teaching in the house, a lot of 
not a prayer because we don't want people to feel that we are going to indoctrinate them. Uh, we, we give them a chance to decide for themselves. See, we, we, have, we have the church ministry, and we make uh, attendance to church available to them. It's not a requirement. But we have seen men and women that come into the house in a turmoil, but a few weeks they begin to feel like this is a place that I can stay. Mm. I can remember one woman that we had, she came in, and the first thing she came in the door saying, I don't want to be here, this is not for me, I, uh, I don't want to uh, have no Bible crammed down my throat, and, and she stayed for about five minutes, and she was getting ready to leave. The person that brought her told the person, I'm ready to go. So God said to me, talk to this woman. So I went over and talked to her, and I asked her the basic question about her life, what she's going to be uh, from here until death. Hmm. So she left. But she came back a few weeks later and said she wanted to be in the house. Now that woman settled down, turned her life around, and became one of the um, uh, supporters of uh, uh, the house and she tell everybody everywhere she go that this is the place you need to be. Now that was the woman <laughs> said that she wasn't going to stay there. Got up. <laughs> <laughs> so her life totally turned around. It turned around, yes. Mm-hmm. She was there almost two years. Almost two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you do to create? And because you do have to provide them with a safe environment mm-hmm. where they can develop mm-hmm. trust. I mean, a lot, a lot of folks that, that we serve are living in, in worlds of untrust mm-hmm. where there, there's no anchor in their life. There's no buoy they can hang on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust has been broken time and time again. You know, relationships are something to be feared. Uh, how, how do you see God mitigate that? What does he do in, in your respective ministries to say to the people who are hurting, mm-hmm. even though they may not, may not be tracking with him yet, but they're feeling that, hey, this is a safe place to be? The first thing that we said to anybody who comes into our house, this is a house where you can live clean and sober and be safe. Mm-hmm. And we work hard to make that happen. In other words, we have in our application no drugs, no alcohol, mm-hmm. no, no firearms, this or the other. And what will constitute them being immediately uh, removed uh, is uh, fighting and, uh, you know, just just violence. So we don't have any violence in the house. But if it's tried to surface, we step on it real quick mm-hmm. because we keep our house safe and peaceful. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, when we can say to them, you're going to be safe here, and then they see us follow through on what we say. Yeah. See, if we tell them they're, they're going to be safe, and a clean, sober environment, that's what they're going to get. How many people do you have helping the two of you? <laughs> well. <laughs> Any volunteers, family members? There, there are some family members. Yes. But basically, Louis and I carry the ball on most of the issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, her family is very supportive, and there's about how many uh, five or six. Yeah, that's just now, though. <laughs> yes, it hasn't always been like yeah, that. Yeah, they help more with the ministry than with the yes. housing. Mm-hmm. Um, another part to that of um, feeling safe, um, I 
I also want to say that I live in one of the ministry houses. Okay. And I ask, I tell them, you know, they know that our church is the one that or, operates the homes and they know that God is in control there. Rather they accept it always or not. I tell them that. And also the different programs, they want to, you know, they want to watch, some of them want to watch whatever they think comes on television mm-hmm. or they think that they want to play any type of music that they want to play. And I, I let them know that that's not okay here. Mm-hmm. And that's, you can do that privately if you want headphones, uh, but you can't watch the program on television because that's a, a cumulative thing. So uh, there are different programs that I uh, will not allow because they uh, institute different thoughts and they'll Mm -hmm. keep you uh, unsure. So those are some of the little things. And and having a devotion, uh, there are times where we have a devotion in the morning, and that's if they want to attend, they're welcome. And so I think with uh, the Lord on, uh, at the beginning and the anointing of the homes, I believe God just rests there. Uh-huh. So when they come, they feel that when they come in. They, you know, they he honors it. your prayers that go into the mm-hmm. home. And he named basis. it, you That's know, right. he, mm-hmm. all That's of right. all of that is there. And the people, those that attend, those that are there are people who say, I don't want a part of your God. Mm-hmm. Well, OK, but it is important that you abide however we are living here. If they don't want to, they don't have to as far as stay there. But you hear those at different times speaking about your God or saying things that it's nice here or comfortable or peaceful. They let you know that it's there. It it is. You know, we've talked about how you've seen people change. How, uh, How has it changed you? Well, let me say that first. <laughs> no, maybe I'll let him. I think I better let him answer that for me. We'll get to Henry in just a second. Well, that's the story right there because he called me some names. <laughs> okay, how do you say this? Um, he says he's never went to the other side, right? He's the pastor. He's never stepped on that other side. He's always been this way, that way, and I'm the complete opposite. He's very solemn. I'm very loud. You know, he's very, you know, and I'm the other, okay? And God did this. He did it, okay? So uh he called me. What did you call me? What kind of horse was that? Oh, um, she <laughs> has a unbridled, independent spirit. Mm. In other words, uh, let me explain that. Call me a horse. (laughs) 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 After I got to know her, I found that she was very outgoing. She was, she's very forceful. And I had personally had to work with her to Tame her to a degree. <laughs> you guys are cute. <laughs> You're <being> nice. <laughs> Modest. Uh, yes. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time, and I said to Louise, "No, no, you you don't say that. You don't do that." She's come a long way. So but, with him saying that, <laughs> with that said. <laughs> 
I have learned an awful lot of patience. Mm. Um, I have um, backed up, if you will, the whip. Uh, I don't have the whip anymore. It's just now it's just a little <laughs> stick, you know, a little, little switch, you know. No, 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 you know. <laughs> uh, you, you have your rules. They give you structure. They help you operate the home. Uh, I was um, rigid in it. Uh, and now I am not. Mm-hmm. And the same thing gets done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, softened and lightened and patient and uh, tolerant mm-hmm. and loving and all those. So the Lord has worked on me as well as he's worked on them. It's a learning. It's a learning. Kind of, kind of the way Jesus does it, huh? Amazing, amazing wonder, thing, huh? I'm wondering now would he still call me that same unbridled, independent horse? <laughs> Louise, you are so lovable. I just love you. You know, you. Thank when you. I think of Louise from Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and you walked into that room that night when the pastor led you to the Lord, mm. he had a plan for you, yes, friend. Yes, he did. And, you know, the Holy Spirit was wooing you to himself yes. for a long time before that. Night. Yes, yes, yes. That wasn't a one-night stand. No. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. And, no. and just, just like, you know, we are in process, all of us, aren't we? So yeah. that's how it's changed me, so. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Now, what do you see for the future? I mean, as, you know, I mean, we're, God, in, in, vocational ministry right now you know times are tough in the country and times are tough and dollars are short and 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 all of that and yet uh you know god god has all the resources he needs to do what he needs to do uh what do you see him doing down the line what 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 kind of vision do you see uh what does god have around the next corner my for me the ministry i see only prosperity Hmm. For this reason, see, God called and planted this ministry. Now, we said to God, God, if you call it and you planted it, you're responsible to keep it going. Mm -hmm. What I foresee with the temporary situation we're going through with, uh, we we got caught in foreclosure. Three of our homes went under uh, as far as the uh, rental basis. My home and two of the uh, ministry homes. Mm -hmm. But you see, we're we're not disturbed about that at all. Because this one thing that we know, God is going to give us other houses to take the place of these Mm -hmm. that went under. So what I see God's doing, he's putting us through a time of testing. He said to us, all right, you say that you were called to this ministry, or right, here's a distraction. See, I only call it a distraction. Uh, God allowed this distraction to come to prove to us, or to, to prove to us because he doesn't need it to prove. Prove to us who we are, what our calling is, and how faithful we're going to be to this calling, how dedicated. And so this is a time for us to 
trust God more. Finances is low, as most ministers are. Finances is low, and um, we're we're just barely getting by. But this is only temporary, because we know that God's hand is with us in this ministry. Amen. So we only we only see prosperity for the ministry. How can people help Light in the Night Ministries? Can they contact you? Can they can they donate? Can they contribute? Do you oh, welcome that? Oh, we welcome that. Okay, let's invite people to do that. How, <laughs> yeah. can, they, how can they do that? They can contact Louise or myself. Um, my And I will give my home number, which is uh, 538, area code 209-538-8032. And uh, they, and they, uh, or they could... If they want to correspond by letter, they could correspond, excuse me, correspond to this address, 1916 Altessa Lane, Ceres, California, 95307. How's that spelled, Henry? Ceres, C-E-R-E-S. And the uh, address, the uh, street? Altessa, A-L-T-E-S-S-A, Lane. Once again, that phone number, friends, 209-538-8032, 209-538-8032. And if you want to write uh, Bishop Henry and, and uh, Louise, and, you know, if, even if you don't have a contribution to share, maybe write them a note of encouragement. Just yeah. Join yeah. the phrase yes. of God for yes. what he's doing. 1916 Altessa Lane, A-L-T-E. SSA, that's in Ceres, California. For those of you not from the Mm -hmm. Central Valley, it is C-E-R-E-S, Ceres, California, 95307. There is a second telephone number, which is Louise's number, and her number. Mm 247-0321. And that is an area code 209. 209. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. We hope that uh, people do respond and give in kind a few shekels because those add up as well. What about uh, prayers for the ministry? Um, oh, yes. Pray for you. Prayer is the strength of our ministry, of everything that we do. So we invite your prayers, your concerns, because we know that God is with us in this ministry. Mm-hmm. We have no doubt. From the very beginning until now, we, we walk where Jesus leads. Amen. And then also, uh, as far as donations are concerned, we are always in need of good to run refrigerators and freezers okay. because uh, we have a bank of uh, freezers and refrigerators, and most of them are donated and they play out. So... Um, as as of now, we have a bank of about, uh, what, 16, 17, 18 freezers and refrigerators, but they die. Yeah, they, they do. do. Yes, they do. Uh-huh. That's where our ears perk up, so we will be on that one for you. So yeah. refrigerators and freezers. Yes. All right. Louise, any special prayers that we can pray for you? Um, yes, I would like for, your, for the prayers to go forward for Light in the Night for uh, the increase of not only um, the finances and the resources, but for uh, members and people Mm. that would want to um, 
take a part in who we are. Mm. Um, there is um, a great need. Uh, there, this this mental ill group sect. Um, it's big, and it's uh, um, when you mention the um, what future. I know that the Lord is going to give us a large facility. Yes. To house large, we keep them separate, but a large facility uh, that we can. It's, it's a, the the prayers I would like would be for people to want to uh, want to help. Have the passion for it, just like yeah, you. yeah, the mm-hmm. heart. Amen. We say those prayers for you, dear sister, thank and you. thank you for thank joining you. us tonight, and thank you, dear friends, wherever you may be listening. God bless you. <laughs>